Welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown, the podcast where we watch scary movies so you don't have to. From award-winning to completely unknown, we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Solange Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously. There were so many reasons to watch the movie we watched this week. We were finished with Christmas movies. And it was time for New Year's. New Year's! And this movie doesn't actually take place during New Year's. It starts during New Year's, Year's. and then it takes place on Halloween. So it's not actually a New Year's movie, but close enough. I don't think we know that it's Halloween. They all dress up in costumes. They're all dressed up in costumes. But that's their kids. They know. There's only one day of the year that we do that in this country. (laughs) Maybe you. (laughs) Yeah, so it was a New Year's movie, or at least it was purported to be a New Year's movie. And also... It had everybody's favorite horror queen, Jamie Lee Curtis. Because this movie's from 1980, when all the movies starred Jamie Lee Curtis. At least all the horror movies. Yeah. Yes. And this one was called Terror Train. Oh, yeah. We should tell people what movie it was. Yeah. Terror Train from 1980. Starring Jamie Lee Curtis. And David Copperfield. This is David Copperfield's only film role other than playing himself which obviously he did many times as cameos oh sure i did i guess i didn't realize i mean i knew but i didn't process that he wasn't playing himself <laughs> in this movie yes he plays a magician <laughs> who is exactly like david copperfield <laughs> yeah but he has lines and stuff yeah i will always be willing to watch any movie that jamie lee curtis is in especially horror movies because she is like the classic Final girl. She's she yeah. is OG final girl, if you ask me. She kind of is. Yeah. For real. It's yeah. fun. So there was that. And, of course, a movie on a train. Like, that's always fun, too. And you're a big fan of trains. Big fan of trains. Uh, and apparently Jamie Lee Curtis's character is, too. Like, she gets super excited that this college party, this college Halloween party, is on a train. Like, she squeals and claps her hands and is like, a train! Which would be exactly my response. Yeah, that's very appropriate for you. I can see why you get along with her so well. Right? We're besties. She just doesn't know it yet. So, our film opens on New Year's of some year, in which there's a frat party. And Mm. like every frat party, there's a nerdy kid that they are trying to trick into thinking he's going to get with a hot woman. Well, it's like a hazing. Yeah, it's classic hazing. This is how it's done. But of course... good old 80s. They're going to all pop out and go, ha ha, it's a joke. But in this case, the joke is that... He's a virgin. That's not real. That's not the joke. Well, no, but (laughs) I mean, it kind of is. Like, they're constantly making fun of him about that. But... He goes in and Jamie Lee Curtis is talking to him from in the darkness, but she's not the person on the bed that he's heading towards thinking, hey, there's a girl on the bed. Right. She, outside of the prank, 
is the pretty girl he has a crush on. And they have all told him, oh, she has a crush on you too. Go yeah. up to this bedroom and meet her and make out with her and, and no longer instantly be take your clothes off as soon as you enter the door. Yes. I don't think they told him that, but that's what he did. Yes. And it turns out that instead of Jamie Lee Curtis, it's a dismembered corpse in the bed. Yes. Because they're all med students. Yeah. And that's a funny med student joke. Yes, it is. And, of course, that has the obvious, we all knew it was coming, expected effect that the victim, Kenny, would spin himself around in circles and wrap himself up in a bunch of silk and, I don't know, need to go to the hospital. <laughs> yes. It it was like a really weird reaction that, like, the screaming and all of the being upset. Okay, sure. yeah, totally. But he, like, very specifically stands up. And it's, you know, one of those, like, beds with gauze Mosquito and stuff. netting. Yeah, it's like, you know, decorative <laughs> hanging netting stuff. And he, like, stands up into it and then, like, spins around in a circle until he's completely wrapped up like he's in a spider web. Yeah. And, like, like just do. kind of, like, hanging there as they all come in and laugh at him. And it's super traumatic. And he yeah. has, like, a psychotic break and goes to a mental hospital. Yeah, and that's the last we hear of Kenny. But here's the thing. We don't actually know that's what happened until much later because yeah. you just, it kind of ends with him stuck in the stuff, like hanging there while they laugh at him. And I thought for a while, and I think I was supposed to think, that maybe he had died. I mean, that made it even funnier that he twisted himself up in this silk so hard he died. <laughs> like. What? Did it make it funnier? <laughs> that was, I mean, this was a ridiculous scene. It was, it was pretty ludicrous. So then it jumps from that to this this Halloween party three years later. The Jamie Lee Curtis character is graduating a semester early. Oh, yeah, And everybody that's else, right. you know, because her friend is sad because she's leaving and all that. I remember that. And there's this whole, like, she is best friends with the other, like, sorority girl and then she is dating, the Jamie Lee Curtis character is dating one of the guys who put on the prank and her best friend is dating the other guy. And the Jamie Lee Curtis character is actually like engaged. And so they're all still, you know, this very close knit group. Good thing. I didn't want to have to learn new people. Right. But it becomes important that they're all a very close knit group later. Yes. And even though they harassed and abused nerd number one, there's now nerd number two, Ed, who they all love. He's put on a Groucho mask and mm. is performing hilarious comedy for them all to enjoy as they're boarding the train. Hilarious comedy involving a blow-up doll? Yeah, he's molesting a blow-up doll. Yeah, he's like... They're all super prepared to be trashed on this train. And in fact, there's a whole scene where the train conductor is like talking to the person who's staying back at the station. And they're talking about how terrible it is when these college groups come on the train because they're so rowdy and they cause so much trouble and everything. Yeah, because this is not a normal train. This is like a... It's like a party train. Like you rent the train. It's an antique steam train. So it's just going out for the purpose of fun little trips like this. Yes. And ironically, like, so the Jamie Lee Curtis character, I should say her name, Alana. Actually, Solange. Yes. Her name's Elena. Elena. Even though it's clearly spelled in all the captions as Alana. Yeah. 
Okay, so Elena is super excited about the train and her boyfriend slash fiance, like she gives him credit for the making the plan and everything. Yeah. And it turns out that it was the other guy, Doc, who like actually got the corpse and like did the whole prank earlier. Yeah, he's a bad guy. Who put this all together, but she doesn't like Doc. She has like held a grudge this last three years because she blames Doc for sending Kenny off to the asylum. So what we end up with is Scream on a train. So just like Scream, you've got the mystery of who the murderer might be Mm -hmm. and how they're getting away with it all. One of the fun bits is that the killer, um, well, I should say the the hilarious guy, Ed, is murdered before they get on the train. And everyone thinks it's a funny joke he's doing where he's got a sword through him Mm -hmm. and blood everywhere. They're like, oh, that's so good. What an amazing joke. Right. He's dying in (laughs) front of them. And they're like laughing and pointing and ha ha ha. Come on, you better hurry. The train's leaving. And the train pulls away as he's bleeding out. But the killer takes his Groucho costume and gets on board as Groucho. And then proceeds, as each kill goes on, to take each person's costume and switch their disguise as they go, which is very fun. Yes. That was very clever. And so you never know quite who the bad guy is because they're, you know, off scene. Mm -hmm. The costumes get swapped. So you never know, like, oh, sometimes it's Groucho, but then later it turns out it's the lizard guy or whatever, you know, like there's things happening. So you're like, Ooh, who is he now? Who should they be looking out for now? But Um, who's behind the mask? Right. And it's always costumes with full head masks. Of course. In further standard slasher methods, they've got, you know, the killers running around just stabbing people like they do. They always have a knife or breaking their necks. Sometimes that's Mm -hmm. a thing. Smashed one person's face into a mirror Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's all the same slasher tropes where, you know, someone goes off alone and ends up dead and disappears. And the killer is often, like, interacting with people, like, just coming out of murdering someone and, like, has the bloody knife and has to hide it behind their back and act like they're a normal party goer. Right. Like, they're really their friend in the lizard costume, mm-hmm. not, you know... <laughs> And that's that the thing. guy's in the bathroom dead now. That's what gets me is that they always are like, oh, I don't know why you're not speaking right now, but it's perfectly fine. I'm going to interact with you anyway and then move on and not right. wait for any response. They're always just like, you're being so weird right now. <laughs> <laughs> they do that a lot. I thought it was interesting that they also had the added, the killer also had the added, like, I don't know, time and motivation to be kind of being pranky about it because like when Jackson who was wearing the lizard costume gets killed he ends up laying in the like locked in the bathroom mm-hmm. in his lizard costume with blood all over and the mirror smashed and everything and eventually the conductor is like oh this bathroom like i don't know why it's locked it's been locked all night like i'm going to you know what's going on in here unlocks it and goes in and freaks out because he finds a dead body right yeah. and does all the things he should do notifying people and whatever and then they go back and he's like see here it is and he opens the bathroom again and it's all cleaned up no and i'm like why what (laughs) what was the point of that i don't know and how did the killer have time to like completely Uh, clean the bathroom and dispose of a body bleach it down (laughs) yeah yeah it was a process and this whole thing is taking place 
while there's a magician who's been hired to perform on this train. Mm -hmm. And so people are like attending the magician's show. And it's weird. It's like on and off throughout the night. And everybody's so excited because there's a magician, except Doc, who really hates magicians. Magicians are stupid and magic is dumb (laughs) because science. I think he's right, though, because during this movie... Okay, so David Copperfield's up there. He's doing a trick. One of his tricks is he pulls his sheet up in front of himself and he drops it. And now he's the assistant. So, like, he's disappeared and the assistant is there. Classic magic trick, right? Mm -hmm. No problem. Except half the audience is sitting behind him. (laughs) And it's not like a hoop sheet he pulled up. It's just in front of him. So, either those people saw the normal thing he did... Or they saw him disappear and someone else appear out of nowhere. (laughs) Whatever they saw, it was something. And they all just applauded like, oh, what a great magic trick. Yeah, yeah. Also, like, when I compare to other movies that have magic in it, like I'm thinking of Now You See Me. (laughs) Yeah. Where, like, how elaborate the the magic tricks are in movies now. And then you think about what, like, was a flashy magic show in the 80s like it was this was david copperfield who was like amazing like everyone Mm -hmm. knew him and thought he was the cream of the crop right yeah and when you look at it now you're like oh this is like way off off main street (laughs) bad vegas magic like well i mean that might be kind of david copperfield's specialty i don't know (laughs) maybe (laughs) i yeah i guess i don't know the ins and outs of the magic world, but it was, it was not impressive magic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all the tricks like we know, like I said, the sheet thing, uh-huh. and then he did the thing where the assistant floats up in the air and he, he moves the hoop over her so you can see that there's no wires holding her up. Except that he did, at one point he did like a really weird twisty thing with the hoop. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well that's where whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah, like I just the saw was. the thing, like it was... Yeah, it was really clunky. I was expecting better, honestly. It's possible this was the start of his career. I don't know how far back he goes. So I guess. Maybe yeah. he was just a beginner. Yeah. Or maybe he was playing the character of this like really clunky magician. I don't yeah. know. But he also made a rose float through the air magically <gasps> to give to Elena slash Alana. Yes, because he was kind of hitting on Elena. Yeah. Um, but also like negging her because his hitting on her was talking was like you don't strike me as the sorority type. Yeah. Is that an insult? I don't know. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Like, why are you here kind of thing? And yeah, and she was offended. Like, she was annoyed. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not real super surprised that David Copperfield would be the nagging type. <laughs> no. No. There was a moment where I was, like, weirded out and suspicious of the David Copperfield character, which obviously we're supposed to be. Because he knew Elena's name. Yeah, but that's magic. Of course he does. Yeah. (laughs) But I was like, how do you know? Like, clearly there's something going on Mm -hmm. here. But that was never really explained, so maybe it was just magic. And during one of these magic shows, Elena's boyfriend, Mo, I feel like I missed something because he just died. They were they were all sitting at the show, and all of a sudden, Doc looks over, and he's sitting next to Mo, and he's like, oh, crap, you're bleeding. Okay, so I have a note that just says, Mo is dead suddenly? <laughs> okay, so maybe yes. I was paying attention. No, it was like, 
there was all this buildup to all the other murders. Like yeah. the killer was stalking them and finding them alone in yeah. wherever places. And then, yeah, they're just at this magic show. And then all of a sudden Mo is dying in front of everybody. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what just happened? Yeah, that's pretty weird. Of course, later we see like when Elena is flashing back and she's like, oh, you were here all along. And she's like remembering all the times that she saw the various costumes and like mm-hmm. realizing that this murderer was like partying amongst them all night long. And she saw the costume that he was in. I think maybe it was the lizard costume at that point, like hanging out with them at like behind yeah. Mo at the magic show. So I'm sure, you know, yeah, he got stabbed stab or whatever. But it it was, yeah, it was very sudden, very abrupt. I mean, that gives you stuff to think about. It's deep. Yeah. And that's the first murder that they, like, everybody knows about. And it's like, this is a big thing. In fact, he, he you know, like, they tried to save him. It's a train full of doctor med students. <laughs> yeah. They tried to save him. And that was the point where the conductor was like, okay, like, <laughs> no this more is murders. not okay. Like, <laughs> bad things are happening. They stopped the train. Yeah, and real, everybody gets off. It's like an Orient Express moment. Yes. And they all get off and they're all like standing around in the cold and upset and scared. And then the the thing that I noticed was how competent the conductor was. Like he was he was an actual adult amongst all of these <laughs> yeah. young adults who were being so stupid. And that carried out throughout. Like he continued to be competent and like make the right choices. And he was the only person in the whole movie who each time there was a choice to be made, he like made the reasonable, rational choice. I mean, that that really tracks, though. Yeah. It was honestly like it stood out because it's funny in this kind of movie <laughs> yeah. to have someone who's like, this is what we're going to do. There are murders happening. We're going to call the police. Like, da, da, yeah. da, 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 instead of all the stupid things that people <laughs> do in these situations in horror movies. So who is the murderer? I mean, can anybody guess who might be the murderer? Who? Who could it be? Who would have the motive to go after this Hmm. group of kids? Especially if we think this is from 1980, which is before they decided to start, you know, twisting and changing and, you know, doing interesting things with this at all. (laughs) Yeah, no. Kenny is back from the asylum and he is out for revenge. I feel like I don't know. Like I they definitely did something that they were that that they were doing as a twist. So there's there's a little twist, but really making it Kenny is like that's like taking the red herring and going, it's the red herring. Yeah. It's kind of weird, but I mean, I don't know. I guess I guess that's what you do. You got to have a reason. There was definitely a reason. It was Always super clear who it was. Like, there really was no... Yeah. There was a time where I was like, is it the magician? But I also thought, did Kenny learn magic? Like... Well, yeah, because that was a whole thing. They, they like, revealed that Kenny knew magic. So, at one point, some of the people were freaking out that, oh, the magician must really mm-hmm. be Kenny because we know mm-hmm. Kenny knew magic. And at that time, they wanted to kill him. Like, they straight <laughs> yeah. up were like, where is that guy? We're going to kill him. Yeah. It's kind of scary. And the the part that I thought was clever, I guess I'll have to reveal who Kenny is to discuss this. Mm-hmm. Turns out, we're going to have a whole discussion about this issue. Indeed. Kenny was the magician's assistant. The pretty girl the in the pretty, pretty dress. Girl. 
So he was right up front in front of everybody the whole time, and they just never knew. Well, not the whole time, because he had to go off and put on costumes and kill people, but during the yeah. shows. And the the mislead that I thought was pretty good, and that I even wrote that it got me, is at one point, the conductor is like, you know, we're gathering everybody in one area for safety. Come here, assistant, and go. And the assistant starts coming with him and turns around and goes, come on, Ken, you know, we've got to get out here and whatever, referring to the magician as Ken. And I'm like, oh, the magician's name's Ken? I guess that must be Kenny. Mm -hmm. But of course, that was Kenny being smart by referring to the magician as Ken, except how did no one ever hear the magician's name? Yeah, and also, was the magician's name Ken? If it was, that's weird. Did he intentionally <laughs> start to work for a magician named Kenny so that... Maybe. Like, that's... Okay, that would be that's bad. elaborate, too. The biggest question that I had, because when it's finally revealed that it's the magician's assistant, that Kenny that that's where Kenny was hiding to start with, when it's finally revealed, there's these whole flashback scenes where we see the magic show again, and the part of the magic show where the magician's assistant shows up and is like mm-hmm. out there doing the things. And it's like very, very obvious that this is supposed to be a man in women's clothing in the flashback. And I didn't notice anything like that. Like, it was very obvious. Well. is Now, I'm wondering, was I so distracted by suspecting the magician that I literally didn't even look at the assistant and didn't notice? Or did they actually have two different people playing the assistant so that it wouldn't be obvious at the beginning? Or did they, like, change up the costume or something? I do not think that they had two different people because I thought... In the beginning, not that that was Kenny, but I was like, oh, is that a man? Interesting. So, yeah, I think so. All of this discussion, because asking, we all know now in 2022 that looking at anybody who is wearing a dress and presenting as a woman and saying, is that a man? Oh, yeah. That's not okay. Like, that's not how we move through the world right now. In the 80s, that was like a very common story piece. Like that was a thing that happened mm-hmm. regularly and in particular around deviant behavior. Well, that's where the thing is. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's an 80s trope, 80s horror movie trope of cross-dressing killers, basically. Just that, yes. you know, it's it's like... This person is so deviant that not only do they kill people, they even wear the wrong clothes. Right. And it's weird that they were connecting those, but they definitely were connecting them on that basis. They're like, someone is mentally ill, therefore they dress as a woman. And we know better now, (laughs) but that was used a lot back then. And I just suddenly realized that explains why all the boomers are so afraid of women's bathrooms now. They're like, no, yeah. seriously, murderers go in there. Murder, Murdering men dress up like women and go in women's bathrooms all the time so that they can attack people. We have We've seen it. We've seen it. Yeah. When that reveal happened, and honestly, I didn't, I should have, but I didn't. The magician's assistant character, like, didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. Like, I was so focused on it being the magician that when that reveal happened, I was really surprised and it was, like, really, like... I had kind of been enjoying the movie up till uh-huh. that point, and then that happened. I, even with, like, there were some already problematic 
of situations yeah. where they had like the one character who's dressed up like a president or a senator. Oh yeah. Who is walking around saying like extremely problematic things, like really super racist issue, you know, not okay things, but like presented in terms of like, look how horrible this character is that I'm playing. Like, yeah, haha, he, I'm being so terrible. Yeah. This is, this is over the top how they are. And it's, it's nice that they recognize that they're, they're yes. like, this it actually is bad, but also doesn't take away from the fact that in the, as a movie, it mm-hmm. was like, haha, look at being super racist is funny. Yeah. So the, it, there were already some things where I was like, mm, yeah, the 80s, no, do better 80s. <laughs> but this one, it kind of took me out of being able to enjoy the movie because I just, I don't like that trope. It doesn't yeah, work for me. It's pretty bad. And the very idea that like, no matter which way you do it, like, like they traumatized him and now he wears women's clothing and murders people or that he was always had some kind of mental illness. Like, and there's no way that this isn't bad all around. Yeah. I think they did say that he had mental illness and that's why he had such a hard time with this prank being played on him. Right, right. Which then, you know, again, is like sort of suggesting that the fact that he, you know, maybe that's why he had not had a relationship with a woman is maybe he was gay and maybe sure. that's why he's crazy and kills people and like it all makes sense it's it's all of that tying horrific behavior together with any kind of non-heterosexual yeah orientation it's the deviance mhm which again makes me want to re- mention queer for fear that documentary on shutter that really dives into all the different ways that 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 trope was used in like throughout horror history yeah they really dive into that stuff so you should watch that if you're interested in knowing about those things i just want to throw in that my favorite line in this movie was when the conductor asked one of the passengers have you ever shoveled any coal (laughs) because yeah there was actually a surprising amount of like train humor (laughs) train humor and like like train current events almost like they had the the train people like the conductor and the shovels the coal shoveler yeah like i guess all the people who were working the train they like would banter back and forth with each other and in particular they were having this kind of ongoing argument about what the future would look like would it have more cars or would it have more trains and like the conductor was sure that it would be all trains because you know (laughs) mass transportation and (laughs) blah 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 we could only dream and the the other person i don't remember which person it was was talking about like was predicting that it would be all like cars and RVs in particular. He oh, was excited yes, about that's like right. everyone will have their own RV. It was like this weird yeah. predicting the future kind of discussion. And it was in that discussion about the RVs versus trains that my favorite line happened. Okay. When whoever it was who thought RVs were the like wave of the future in his defense of that stance said and you can hang a left if you feel like it. Right. Which is a funny, funny train joke, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like driving a train is really easy. And that's probably false. There's a lot of buttons on trains. But, man, you don't know how to steer at all. I mean, I think 
there, I think it's one of those things where it's super, super easy until it's not. Until something goes wrong. Yes. And I say that because there have been, there's a train line that goes through Colleen and there have been a disturbing number of train deaths in the last couple of years. And every time I hear about one, I feel like any conductor who drives a train through Colleen is like super traumatized and has to just like want to get through as quickly as possible without <laughs> anyone being on the tracks because there have been so many situations. Yeah. And also when they drive through downtown Colleen, the trains like blast their horns like nonstop. And it's, it really feels like the train, like, again, it's that trauma response, like uh-huh. that the trains are just like, we're just going to scream the whole way through town. So, you know, we're here because there have been too many people who didn't notice the train coming. Yeah. Well, that could be alcohol related. Yeah. So I, I, I think, I think you're right in the sense that there are a lot of very simple things about trains, but then Yeah, when things go wrong on a train, they go really wrong. Yeah, like mass murder. Like mass murder, yes. Also, it's interesting, now this is going to be played like four weeks in the future, but recording a podcast about the railroads feels very appropriate this week when the railroads and uh, railroad workers' rights are such a prominent part of the... Yes, part of the uh, news cycle. <laughs> yeah, four weeks from now, I guess you guys are probably going to be uh, without goods anymore. Sorry. No, because they passed that bill and Biden's going to sign it. Wildcat strikes are a thing. Ooh. We'll see. Ooh, okay. We'll see well, how this goes. Future podcast listeners, you'll have to tell us. We'll did, probably know. Did Biden sign this Bill, have the workers been forced to take a contract with no sick leave? Or Oh, and then they were going to pass sick leave separately. That's not going to happen. That's my prediction. That is absolutely that not going to pass. Well, it already didn't pass the Senate because the oh. Republicans were all like, no. No, there were there that. were several Republicans. What it was is it didn't make the 60 vote for the cloture vote. So it, it won't make it to the floor. Because political tip. there aren't enough Republicans who think that railroad workers deserve sick days. Yeah. They literally have zero sick days. Yeah, that's what I want to point out is if, if anybody doesn't know about this, zero is the number of sick days that railroad workers get. The, the, voting against that was such a terrible thing that Ted Cruz didn't do that. <laughs> like, Ted Cruz thinks workers should have sick days. Which makes me wonder if there's like (laughs) something wrong with them having sick days, you know? Like maybe they're going to go out on killing sprees because... I I don't know. I think maybe it's just such an insane (laughs) thought. Yeah. Train workers. We're not really going to sit here and say that driving trains is so easy because... (laughs) I didn't really mean that. (laughs) You guys don't need any sick days. When it comes to rating this movie, there was a lot going for it. Jamie Lee Curtis, especially when she's young and fresh-faced and just like just getting started in her horror screaming career. That was fun. 
It was a little like noises offish in how, you know, it's such a limited space when yeah. you're on a train. And so there was like lots of coming and going and the killer passing by the people looking for him in multiple situations, yeah. which was entertaining. There's a lot going for it, but also it's an 80s movie. Like it, oh, yes. there's a lot that didn't age well. So I don't know. I, I think I'm going to give Terror Train three and a half floating heads outside the window out of five because it was like it was okay like it's it's not a terrible movie but it has some terrible points in it yes that's true i did not know what i was gonna rate this i made you go first so that i could hear what you had to say cheater i know i also kind of enjoyed it like it was more of an interesting situation than most slasher movies like they had more to figure out even Mm -hmm. though it was very obvious who the killer was it wasn't obvious who they were in the context of the train Mm -hmm. of course but there was a lot of dumb and weird stuff and of course the ultimate conclusion i wanted to get into mention and i didn't of the whole queer coded disney villains thing because this is a piece with that that Mm. you know gay equals scary and bad Mm -hmm. system Mm -hmm. Just want to throw that in there because yay. And I'm going to rate this higher than I typically would an 80s slasher, which is to say I'm still not going to rate it that high. Three floating heads out the window out of five because it was surprisingly good for what it was. But what it was is, you know, kind of a meh sort of genre. There is a part of me that wonders. And here's where if we actually like new things. Well, we don't. We know nothing about anything. I could have a better conversation about this, but... It was definitely early on in the slasher genre. Yeah. So part of me wonders if I were watching this in the 80s and didn't have an entire catalog of these kinds of movies stored in my brain, would there have been more to this story for me? Like, would I have been more surprised somehow? Like, part of me wants to say no because there was no twist and no secret like i, can't believe that I don't no know who you were supposed to think was coming after them <laughs> yeah. other than it was obviously <laughs> kenny and now when they do that they like at least the characters have to discover that and and the viewers have to discover it as the characters discover yeah. it it's not like we pranked this guy and broke his brain and, oh, someone's coming after us three years later. Clearly, that's the guy. Interesting note about that in the trivia on IMDb. It mentioned that the opening sequence where they're at the frat party three years earlier was the last thing they filmed. They added it on, possibly because test audiences were like, who's this Kenny guy? Yeah, Well, and I think like today, if they did this, you would see the whole thing. And then that scene would be like way at the end, right before the final reveal or right like interspersed with the final reveal. It wouldn't have been front loaded into our brains the way it was. Yeah. So part of me wonders if I hadn't been trained to decode stories in this way, would it have been more interesting? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they just dumbed it down because... Test audiences are stupid. Yeah, they are. So, I don't know. Yeah, I I would recommend watching it, but just know you're going into an 80s movie. Because it feels like that. It does. Fight the horror of a world gone mad. 
So for today's hot political tip, which we are bringing back, we had a little holiday break from politics, but uh, we've rested up and now it's time to get back into it. For today's hot political tip, I'm going to go back to our discussion about railway workers and just point out that when there are headlines being made, especially political headlines being made, you need to make sure that you are researching and and looking into those situations from a variety of perspectives because if if you were just listening to like the white house talk about that mm-hmm. issue they're like we brokered a deal and yeah. this is a good thing and we should definitely force them to take this deal because <laughs> shutting down the railroads would destroy the economy and that sounds like a pretty persuasive argument yeah but then you start digging into it from other perspectives or you like start listening to Rob Reich or uh, Bernie Sanders and talk about why they didn't like it. And, oh, the plan we brokered includes zero sick days. Mm-hmm. Funny, the Biden administration didn't mention that. Yeah. So like even when it's something coming, especially when it's something coming from like the perspective you agree with, you still need to look into it and be like, okay, but what's the real story? Because the political headlines are never the real story. This whole thing reminds me very much of discussion of protesting. People are in favor of doing protests until it's disruptive. But of course, a protest doesn't do anything unless it's disruptive. And so when Biden says, if there's a a strike, strike, it's going to destroy our economy. That was the leverage they had. That was the point. That was the whole point. And by saying, no, you're not going to strike, he just took away all the workers' power. Yes. And yet, like, from his perspective, a rail strike that brings the U.S. economy to a screeching halt just as he's starting to get it back on track after COVID, like, yeah, that would be terrible. Yes, we should definitely avoid it. Politically, but not that's this way. so bad for him, especially going into these, like, last two years of his administration, this, like, lame duck situation. It's bad. But also... If we are going to say that we're the party of labor unions and workers' rights, then we have to actually like either make businesses provide the things that workers need, or we need to give the workers' unions the leeway to use the leverage of, hey, Mm -hmm. if you continue to treat us badly in this way, we are going to shut the economy down. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a complex situation. And I'm sure it's even more complex than I'm describing it as, or that we're talking about, because we are definitely not experts in this area. We know nothing about nothing about nothing, but the point stands like whatever situations are going on and whatever political headlines you're hearing, you want to try to get lots of perspectives. And then once you've heard all of the information, try to decide, okay, that's the point where you're like, How do I feel about this? Because there is no right or wrong black or white line. Like, yeah, it would be terrible for a lot, especially for like minority groups and people who are already struggling economically. Those would be the people who would be most impacted by the economy being hurt. So we do want to avoid that. It's just, it's complicated and you have to approach it like it's complicated and not like it's one size fits all and Nancy Pelosi or Joe Biden or (laughs) Ted Cruz or whoever says this. So that's how it is. Yeah. 
Anyway, that's my tip. Nice. I have a hot movie tip for the day. Okay. After we watched this movie, we immediately turned around and watched Terror Train from 2022. We did. Just like it was last year. And we are not going to review that movie. No. But I will say it actually does a really, really good job of staying true to the story, the original. Almost shot for shot for a long time. Yes. While simultaneously addressing the fact that 2022 is a very different cultural place mm-hmm. for our country than 1980 was. And it like really points that out and that becomes an important part of the story. Yeah. And also, they completely remove the character of the quote-unquote cross-dressing magician's assistant. So you, even though if you've seen the first one, you don't know where the killer is on the yeah. train. It's yeah. it's like a new mystery. But they made sure to include the spinning around in silk until you die thing. Oh, and it is just as ridiculous <laughs> the second time around. Yeah. So that's Terror Train and Terror Train. And we'll come back next week with a movie that has nothing to do with Christmas or New Year's. We're just going to go back to Halloween like we're supposed to for yeah. the rest of the year. Halloween goes from January to the end of November. That's Halloween. Yes. As it should be. All right. We'll catch you next time. All right. Party on, Wayne. And don't forget to contact your elected representatives. We just f- around and never find out. Mm-hmm. I have never in my life found a single thing out. <laughs>